Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our seniors minister, Jack Hall, as he brings today's lesson. Give to Andrew the reading for tonight. And when he asked me about it, I said, I'm going to make an executive decision and we're going to break tradition. So there will not be a reading before the sermon. And if that offends you, I apologize. It's my fault. Our theme for this year, I think, is an excellent one. I applaud our shepherds for choosing it. And that is to stand in the gap. And we're talking, of course, about standing for the gospel in the light of all of the evil that we're surrounded by every day. The violence, the immorality, the devaluation of life. Each of us must find our place and take a stand in the gap. Tonight, I want to look at a congregation that existed during the first century that stood in the gap. And when we read about this congregation, we can make applications to ourselves and challenge both individually and congregationally, are we standing in the gap? The church that I want to speak about tonight is Philippians. Philippians is one of those churches in Macedonia. The Bible also tells us that Thessalonica is part of the churches there. Berea is part of the churches there. And they're located in the northern part of Greece. That empire, of course, has been overthrown by the Roman Empire. And Philip stands as the largest and the premier city of Macedonia. The Romans turned it into a Roman colony. There were soldiers posted there. There were civil courts there because in Philippi, the Roman government says, this is the city. This is where we will place our goods. And so the city of Philippi was very important to the Roman Empire. And it's this city under Roman rule to which Jesus sends the gospel through the Apostle Paul and others. The story of the establishment of the church at Philippi is found in Acts chapter 16. You remember the Macedonian call? And Paul, by the Spirit, was called in to that region to preach the gospel. 
The church began with Lydia and her household, who Paul and his group ran into by the riverside on the Sabbath day. Soon, the jailer was added to the church and his entire family because Paul and Silas had been beaten and thrown into prison in order to stop their preaching. They are freed from that prison by an act of God. The jailer is going to kill himself thinking that all of the prisoners have fled and Paul cries out to do yourself no harm. We are all here. Paul taught him the gospel. And that very hour of the night, the jailer and his household were baptized. And here we have the simple beginning of the church in Philippi. It's believed that Paul visited that city on his second missionary journey in perhaps 49 or 50 A.D. He returned to check on the brethren during his third and last missionary journey. So the Apostle Paul had a great infinity for the church in Philippi. It had humble beginnings. The odds of its success against that were enormous because of the Roman influence. And yet, this letter tells us that the Apostle Paul held the Philippian church in great esteem. Now, if scholars are correct, and I give them credit, this letter to the Philippians was written in about 60 A.D. Now, that means it's been about 10 years since Paul and Silas established the church in Philippi. The Apostle Paul is in the prison in Rome, and he writes letters to congregations. And one of those letters is written to the church at Philippi, and we now have in our Bibles the book of Philippians. It's a very personal book because the Apostle Paul has such a love and a closeness to this congregation. This letter is just filled with praise and admiration and encouragement for those Philippian brothers to continue in the faith in spite of the enormous retribution that was being held against them. They were standing in the gap. And the Apostle Paul recognized it. And he wrote to thank them. 
to encourage them, to build them up in their faith that they would continually stand for truth. The Apostle Paul, in Philippians chapter 1, in the first 11 verses, talks about some of the things that he appreciates about this group of Christians. Now, when we read what Paul says to those brethren, and we see the impact that that one church had in standing in the gap, it should be a great encouragement to us to follow their suit. The first thing we need to understand is that the church in Philippi was a poor church financially. They had little. And yet the Apostle Paul says their hearts were so big that they gave to the work of the Lord. They gave to those in need well beyond their means. And after they had already made this great expression of love through their outpouring of gifts, they sent more money to Paul by Aphrodites. And Paul, Aphrodites, got sick and he was there for a long time. But when he came and reported, Paul was just overjoyed at this group of Christians who had very little, stood in the gap, supporting preaching, supporting brethren who did not have some of the world's goods and who stood fast in the faith of, in the face of persecution. Listen to some of the things he says. Philippians chapter one, in the first 11 verses, I'm not going to read it, but you can peruse it. He says, first of all, that he loves them and that he keeps them in his prayer. Now, if I was a member of a congregation to which the Apostle Paul had written a letter and he's expressing his personal love and sharing with me the fact that every day he was praying for me and my congregation, I would think that is pretty cool to be recognized and acknowledged by the great Apostle Paul. He says that in spite of their deep poverty, they gave. It's recorded in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 that the brethren in Macedonia who were poor kept sending money to support the gospel and to feed those who were hungry. And Paul is writing to say, I love you for that. I thank you for that. You're having a major impact for the Lord because you have that spirit of benevolence. And he says, 
I pray for you every day. He says, we are fellow brethren in the gospel. Here's this poor little church sitting way up there on the top of Greece. Very poor financially. And the Apostle Paul says, you, brethren, stand with me in the fellowship of the gospel. Whatever success the Apostle Paul may have had in his journeys, his travels, his preaching, his establishing congregations, he gives part of that credit to this little church in Philippi. And he wants them to know the impact that they are having. Now, travel in those days is nothing like today. It's very unlikely that few people from the church of Philippi ever traveled very far to see the fruits of their gifts. And yet, even though they themselves did not share in it personally, their benevolent attitude, their love for the Lord, their ability to reach out and to share was having a major, major impact for good during that time. I would pray that every one of us would want to be a fellow worker with Paul. Not only through the giving of money, but through the giving of our talents the giving of our time, skills that God has given us that we can use to teach others. Every person here, regardless of age, has a circle of influence. Now for some, it may be a very small circle, but the influence is there. And we influence that circle every day, either for good or bad, by the way we behave, the language we use, the places we go, the entertainment we engage in, the uh, lack of profanity that comes from our mouths. And people are seeing that, even though they may not tell us, but there is an influence there. And the Apostle Paul is telling these Philippian brethren, please, don't ever underestimate the importance of what you're doing. Oh, it may not seem like much. You're not on ships traveling to far countries. You're not standing before huge crowds and preaching the gospel. But every little bit that you have and every little bit that you do is making stronger and stronger for the Lord. I'd like to be a member of that congregation, and I know you would be too. And on Sunday, we're going to ask, is the church in Richmond one of the churches that the Apostle Paul might single out for the work it's being done or would there be criticisms that would cause us to move to higher planes? 
But please, don't underestimate the value of whatever it is that we can do and how small it may be. When your little bit is added to my little bit and our neighbor's little bit and the guy who sits in front of us little bit and it goes on and on and on, that influence becomes powerful. The Apostle Paul saw this. He traveled all over much of the world and he knew the impact of what that church in Philippi was doing. And he wanted them to know how grateful he was. He uses words like love, joy. He talks about fruits of righteousness because they had demonstrated all of these things as a congregation and in doing so impressed the Apostle Paul that while he's in prison he could be sitting there feeling sorry for himself wondering why God has allowed this happen to him but no he says to Philippi you know I'm here in Rome but you know what's happened? It's given me an opportunity to spread the gospel. And he even says, even in the household of Caesar, he wanted Philippi to know, you're important. God can use you and is using you. And your influence for good is greater than perhaps you may ever understand. He says in chapter 3 and verse 14 that the Philippians shared in his distress. You know, Paul tells us about his life. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was taken before the councils. Um, terrible things happened to him in his life. And there were times when he was stressed. There were times when it appeared that the world was going to win and it, the burden was just so heavy. But you know those Philippians lifted him up. Those Philippians helped him find the courage to continue. And he wanted them to know how grateful he was. He talks about whether he should live or die. Now he knows that he's never going to see the Philippian brethren again. He founded the church about 10 years ago. He made one visit after that, but he will never be back to see these brethren again. But he tells them, whether I live or die, it doesn't make any difference. If I live, I will continue to preach, and that's a good thing. If I die, I'll be with God. And that's an even better thing. And so he is thinking of these people in Philippi. And he is recalling all of the good things that they had done and how they had stretched themselves and stretched themselves to stand in the gap, so much so that their reputation was known across the brotherhood. 
And as Paul sits in his jail cell, he wants the Philippian brethren to know how much he loves them, how much he appreciates them, and what they are doing for the cause of Christ. He closes the letter in chapter 4, talks about rejoicing in the Lord. You know, the Philippian church was under persecution because the whole church in the first century was being persecuted. We've read it, we study it, we know all about it. And here they are, this small church, humble beginnings, very poor, and yet they are full of joy. They rejoice in the Lord. Can we do that as a congregation and as an individual? He talks about their gentleness. Are we gentle people? You know, I don't like to be around, if this term offends you, I apologize, grumpy guts. That's a good hillbilly saying. And I think we all understand what that is. I don't, I don't like to be around those people. They just wear me out. I like to be around people who are gentle and kind and loving and sharing. He says in chapter 4 and verse 6, he tells them not to worry too much. Because there's a God in heaven who will give them peace that passes all understanding. In verse 7, he talks about, or in verse 13, I'm sorry, he's that famous quote, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And he's telling these brethren in Philippi, you can do all things through Christ. You've already proven what you can do with little. You've already stood in that gap and you have influenced the world. And I want you to keep doing that. And I want you to know how much I love you, how much I appreciate you, and how much good you are doing for the cause of Christ. And then he closes by saying, God will supply all needs. We believe that. But do we really believe that? Are there times in our lives when it looks like it's not going to happen, that God is not going to come through. I had a preacher, I've, I've told you this before, a good, good old gospel preacher. He said, God always shows up on time. And I think about that, and that's true. You know, he doesn't work by my timetable or your timetable, but he shows up on time. It may be in a whole different way than we expected. We may not even recognize it when it comes, but it will. The church in Philippi, what a story. A very humble beginning, a rather small church tucked away out in the middle of nowhere, sending forth the love of God through their contributions through their prayers, through their well-beings to others. And God saw it. The Apostle Paul saw it. And he wanted them to know it was seen. 
and he wanted them to know what a great work they were doing for the Lord by standing in the gap, using whatever they had to fulfill their responsibility. Are you standing in the gap personally? Are you fending off the darts of Satan? We live in a society that makes it so easy to sin because to many people there is no such thing as sin. It's free choice to the point that we can do anything we want to do because there is no God. But there is. And God will not be mocked. And there will come a time when every knee will bow. Every eye will see. Every tongue will pronounce that Jesus is the Christ. And I pray that you are standing in the gap. That your Christian life compels you as the people in Philippi to do whatever I can with whatever I have to share the story of the gospel. If you've never obeyed that gospel, oh, tonight, tonight is the time. Believing that Jesus is the Christ, repenting of sin, confessing our faith in Christ as God's Son, being buried with our Lord in baptism, arising a new creature, a member of the Lord's body and family. If you need the prayers of this church or there is anything that we can do to assist you, please let us know while we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.